This is episode number 376 with the plastic-free mermaid, Kate Nelson. The Melissa Ambrosini Show. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Kate Nilsson, also known as the Plastic Free Mermaid, is a water woman, magical mermaid, yogi goddess, and has been disposable plastic free for 10 years now. And in this incredible conversation, we chat about her inspiring story of how she went zero waste and hasn't used single-use plastics for 10 years. My jaw dropped when I heard this story. We also talk about her signature trash can test and how it can help you start your zero waste journey, the simple genius ways you can help the environment at home that are easy to implement but have a huge impact, what you need to know about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and what you can do about this human-created travesty, why ocean cleanups are not the solution to sea pollution, and what you can do instead to address the underlying issues, her inspiring story of ditching tampons and pads and how to make this empowering switch for yourself. Plus, you'll also hear for the very first time my hilarious juju cup getting stuck story. Yes, that actually happened and I share it here on the show. We also chat about the secret to giving your entire home a zero waste makeover without getting overwhelmed, epic skincare and makeup options that are plastic free. This is something that so many people struggle with, but her suggestions are game changers. And we chat about how to stay positive in the face of overwhelming problems, why you should always believe in the power of the individual, and why small actions are so important. Plus, so much more. And for everything that Kate and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. That's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 376. And now without further ado, let's get this conversation started with the plastic-free mermaid, Kate Nelson. Beautiful Kate, I am so excited to have you here on the show. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Sure, Melissa. I had a green smoothie, uh, bananas and kale and lots of little chia seeds and additives. Um, I grew the kale myself, which is really exciting. And I had black coffee. Well, you had me at green smoothie because green smoothies are my ultimate. They're like the best ever. And I want to know, before we dive in, how did you become the plastic-free mermaid? How did this all start for you? (laughs) Well, it's been quite a journey. Let's see. I've always been a mermaid. So I surf and I free dive and I sail. So I love the ocean and I love being underwater. And I learned about plastic during some of my conservation volunteer work. So I was working for Jean-Michel Cousteau's Ocean Future Society in Santa Barbara, California, where I went to college. And that's where I learned that plastic does not biodegrade. So it doesn't break down back into the earth like a banana peel or cardboard box. It actually breaks up into tiny little microplastics or nanoplastics, these tiny little pieces of plastic that are irretrievable from the environment. And I was just so shocked that this material that we are using every day for every single you know purpose i was in college at the time so i was going to parties with red solo cups and getting salads and plastic clamshells and plastic forks and all of that and i was just appalled so i thought of all the things impacting our planet that was something that i could do i could quit plastics and just figure it out and that's my journey i've been sharing how i've figured out to live without plastics ever since i'm so excited i want to dive into all of your tips. So you have been completely plastic free for 10 years now. Is that correct? Yeah. So I like to specify single use plastic free. So there are a lot of things that I can't avoid, such as technology. You know, we're, we're talking on a laptop and there's plastic components and my phone has plastic components and my car has plastic components, but I've 
fully quit single use, so disposable plastics for the past 10 years, absolutely hardcore. And, but of course, that definition kind of expands as, as you look into it. You know, a lot of food packaging is single use. A lot of makeup and bath and beauty products, that packaging, that plastic packaging is single use. So I've really phased out as much plastic as I can. Awesome. I want to talk about how we actually do this because something that I'm really passionate about is living zero waste or as zero waste as I possibly can. And I'm not perfect, but my intention is to do my very best and to make sure that each day I just do my best. And that's all that we can ask for. We're not asking for you to be this perfect person. Like, of course, you know, we're just asking you to do your best. And so I want to know, where do you start? How did you begin removing plastic from your life? And also because we know that eating out of plastic and drinking out of plastic is not good for our health. The science is out there now. We know it disrupts our hormones amongst so many other things. And we know that plastic is not good for the environment, like you just explained. But how do we do it? Mm. Gosh, I love that you started this section with the permission to fail, like to pr- permission to aim for progress over perfection, because that is just the best mentality to come into this with, because otherwise we're, you're definitely going to fail. I fail, you know, like there's so many mistakes to be made. So just having that sort of mindset that we're just doing our best and our best is going to look different every day is so important. Where to start? I think starting by just looking at your trash. So looking at your trash can, do like a trash audit and just dump it all out and see what plastic you're using. So I can tell you, you know, to do this, shop here, buy this, make your own this. But what really is important is to figure out and zero in on the, the plastic that you're already using in your life. So if you look at your trash and your recycling can and you just see all the different plastics that you're throwing away, maybe you're throwing away chip bags or shampoo bottles or milk bottles, whatever it is that you're throwing away, you can see it in your trash and you say, all right, this is where I have to start. This is where I'm going to start to eliminate, you know, can I make this plant milk at home instead of buying the Tetra Pak or the plastic package of it? Can I look for a shampoo bar instead of buying this plastic bottle of shampoo? So look at your specific trash and then make a list of 10 things that you can change, either looking for a plastic-free alternative, making making your own at home, or just phasing it out entirely. So good. I love it. So we really do need to do a trash audit. So I've actually seen people do this where they take their garbage outside and they literally tip all of their trash on the ground. They pick it up and they put it away afterwards, but they they literally look at all of the areas and they go, okay, cool. Well, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was buying so much. And once you see it physically in front of you, you can then make the shift. So my husband and I are always looking for ways that we can do more and do better. And that's literally what it's about. It's about awareness. And if you become aware of how much is in your trash, then you can start to make these subtle and little shifts that are going to not only impact your health, but overall impact the environment. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about those little shifts. Like we don't want this to be on a pedestal that just feels so unattainable. And it's just like, oh, I can't even start. And you kind of fall into apathy or you just, you don't even know where to begin. So it's just these tiny little changes. That's why I love sharing on my Instagram and different and different social platforms, just little tips here and there to kind of like just permeate your consciousness. And hopefully you'll start to see opportunities to make little changes. And that's what really adds up. What do you see happening if we don't make these shifts now? Hmm. I mean, it's so tough to to make that call just because of COVID and the increase in single-use plastics being used, face mask, gloves, even the little hand sanitizer bottles. So I know that it's a difficult time to push this you know, bring your own reusables to cafes and places, especially in the states where I'm from, they don't have that option at the moment. So we have to get even more creative and even more resourceful and kind of create those habits at home, like composting or making your own food and just kind of set those habits until we can do the reusables and the things out and about again. But if we don't make these changes, we really have a responsibility to the planet, to the environment, to the creatures who don't have a say in consumption of these materials. and. Because big oil 
and big plastic, they're ramping up production. They're, they're set to triple production in the next decade. And there's already so much plastic being circulating on our planet. So if we don't do our part, collectively and individually to reduce demand for single-use plastics, they're just going to continue to pump them out. So it's so important for us to individually make these changes, to try and inspire those around us, to get involved in policy if we can, to get involved in nonprofits and, and work on campaigns, beach cleans, but also trying to work on turning off the tap of plastics and, and moving this, you know, trying to stop all the plastic production that's being made. Mm. And something so simple that you can do that makes such a huge impact is, yeah, going to your local beach or your park and doing a beach cleanup. We do that here and also composting and, yeah, really being mindful about the plastics that you and your family are using and making those shifts. Things like you said before, making your own products or shopping at the bulk store or going to the farmer's markets. There are so many things that you can do. Even things like for years, my husband and I used plastic. They were biodegradable, but bin bags. And then one day my husband's like, why do we need bin bags? And I was like, why don't we just tip it out and then rinse it out? And so that's what we do now. And, you know, it's fine. We have one for recycling, one for composting, and one for normal trash. And we try and keep that one as minimal as possible. That's great. So that's, that's so beautiful that you came up with that system. And if other people are inspired to try something like that, we can think of it as like our wet bin and our dry bin. So your wet bin is like your composty stuff that you're going to, you know, you're definitely rinsing out that bin after you put that in your backyard or your apartment comp compost. And then your dry bin is your trash and the recycling. So recycling is like, maybe pizza boxes if they're clean, any cardboard boxes stripped of the plastic tape, any hard plastic containers, wine bottles or glass bottles, different things like that. But all of these things have to be cleaned. So all of these containers, whether they're glass or metal or plastic, you want to clean them, let them dry, and then they go into your recycling bin. So you exactly, you don't need a bin liner because all of this stuff should be dry when you put it in there and not caked with food and, and sticky liquids and that sort of stuff, because that's going to contaminate the recyclables that you're like making the effort to put in that bin in the first place. Yes. I actually discovered this family on YouTube. About a year ago, my husband and I went so deep into living zero waste and we became obsessed with researching about it and doing everything that we physically could do. And we discovered this family of five, so three girls and mother and father that live in Tasmania. I'll link to the video in the show notes so people can go and watch it. Basically, they can store two years worth of rubbish in one ball mason jar. Like, does that not just blow your mind? And it inspired me so much. After that, I like went on this mission to do whatever I can to reduce the plastic and waste consumption in our home. And I'm still working on it. But I wanted to talk to you about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch because I hadn't heard of this until I was doing research on you. So what is that? Yeah, great question. It is a giant garbage patch floating at sea. So basically... You know, we've got currents traveling around the ocean, and whenever these currents converge, they hit each other and form these giant whirlpool-like systems called gyres, G-Y-R-E-S. And there's tons of them around the planet. There's little ones, and then there's big ones between the continents. So this one is off the coast of California and just kind of north of Hawaii. And it's this huge, swirling, whirlpool-like system. So all of our trash that is leaking out of rivers or flowing into the ocean and it's floating at sea, it'll eventually make its way into these currents and then collect in these whirlpool-like systems. And in these gyres, it kind of creates a, a dead zone because it's just all this trash. And, and like I said, plastic doesn't break down, but it breaks up. So it eventually kind of like the sunlight being in the water, it, it deteriorates kind of like, you know, plastic has a really low melting point. So it just starts to deteriorate and break up into these little bits. And so then they're just kind of suspended in the water column and it's just a disgusting mess. When I first saw an image of it, 
I thought, oh my gosh, who's dumping that? And then my husband's like, babe, they're not dumping it. It's accumulating there. And I was like, what? And I want to encourage everyone to Google Great Pacific Garbage Patch and just look. Look at what is happening. And you just look at like as well, everything that has to go into landfill. And anytime I purchase anything, I ask myself, where is this going to end up? Where is this going to end up? Mm. I have a sample from the Great Pacific Garbage Patch because I went there when I first discovered about the garbage patch when I first learned that plastic doesn't biodegrade. I had to see it with my own eyes. So I went there. So this is like the kind of little, there's like a bottle cap in there. There's little threads. So like fibers from ropes, likely, and little chunks and little macroplastics and microplastics that we can see with our naked eye and then nanoplastics that we wouldn't be able to see with our naked eye. And for those that aren't watching this on video and they're just listening, it looks like murky water filled with tiny bits of plastic and junk. Wow. So that was a sample from that patch. Yeah. So I went out there about 10 years ago, probably 11 years ago now, with the University of Hawaii, Manoa, to collect samples. And this is why it's so difficult to clean up. Like We can't clean up plastic when it gets to the ocean, or even because it's the same size as the base level of our food chain. So as I collected this sample, tons of little plankton and phytoplankton and zooplankton, little microorganisms were all collected with the sample. So we can't just scoop it out of the ocean because we'd be just clearing those tiny little organisms. Whoa. Okay. That is really, really important to mention. So it's not like we can just go and clean it up because we'd be removing the plankton and then taking all of that out of the ocean, which we need. So Wow. That's the problem with cleanup. It's like we, it's important. It's good for building awareness, but it's not the solution. We have to back up and go like upstream at the production and the extraction of oil and all of that so that we, we stop it from getting to the stuff, like you were saying, like packaging and and different things, which ends up as pollution. So we need to back up before it even becomes a product. Exactly. Exactly. I want to encourage everyone listening. Anytime you go to purchase something, I want you to ask yourself, where is this going to end up? Where is this? And do I really need this? And take this into your own hands. Like, yes, I know in some countries because of COVID, you can't take your own coffee cup and your own knife and fork and things like that to cafes and restaurants, but don't eat out. Make your coffee at home and make your food at home and go and sit outside. You don't need to be spending your money on eating out and drinking out and then having to use plastic as well. And I'm one of those people that will constantly bring awareness to it as well. Like if I'm out, I will say, you know, if I see a shop that's giving out plastic straws, I'm like, are you aware that you could have paper? And they're like, oh no, you know, just starting that conversation. It's about opening the conversation and starting that conversation. Yeah. And that's beautiful that you offer a solution too, because I think nobody wants like, you know, we sound like kind of jerks if we're like, don't you realize you're killing turtles with those plastic straws? But if you say you could use paper, they're like, oh, I hadn't realized that, you know, with plastic to go where there's so many cardboard options, or you can always get your food on a plate and then scrape it onto your container. And that's kind of like a contact free solution. But if we're out there preaching to the world, if we can offer solutions as well, that's like super supportive. 100%. No one wants to be preached to or told what to do solutions. Honestly, it might be just a lack of knowledge or a lack of knowing that people don't aren't aware. Oh, and it's habit too. It's habit to go to that place and get a plastic cup and a plastic straw every day. You've done it for 20 years. It's a new habit. It's about cultivating a new habit. So I want to talk about tampons and pads and things like that because you said ditching tampons was a rite of passage for you. Can you talk to us about this? Yeah. It's it's strange women and how 
disconnected we are from our bodies kind of in Western culture. We're not taught, you know, in depth the anatomy or, or the magic of being fertile or giving birth and or even paths to pleasure. And so, uh, you know, when we first get our period and, and perhaps some women are lucky enough to have ceremonies or, or kind of like a rite of passage in that sense, which it absolutely is. But for me, when like discovering having to use pads and, and tampons, which are bleached cotton mixed with plastic. So tampons are not just cotton, they have plastic in them. And then they're wrapped in plastic as well. Yeah. Yeah. And in the States, they have plastic, hard plastic applicators. So none of that stuff is recyclable. And it's just full of, of you know, at that point, it'll, it's human waste. Like, you know, when, when you, yeah. So, so getting rid of the plastic period products was so, such a relief because they're messy and gross and will live on the planet for a thousand years. Like, it, they're gross. And they have the the smell that now they have like fragranced products, which is parabens, which is a whole other estrogenic. So impacting our hormones, that's gross. So we don't need that. There's plenty of other plastic free products available to us. So any menstruators out there, the moon cup is great. That's made of silicone, uh, medical grade silicone. Um, you just squeeze that. It opens up inside of your yoni and it creates like a suction that collects the blood. And then you can dump that, you know, just make a ceremony and dump it on your garden or whatever, or just flush down the toilet. They also, I mean, like new technology is coming out for all sorts of eco products. And we're so lucky to have many options in the period space as well. So we have moon cups, we have reusable pads where you just use and wash them and reuse them and period underwear. So underwear that's actually lined that you can wear at night during the day. They've got thongs, like there's all sorts of different styles. And this, this felt like a rite of passage for me because I felt no longer like, it was just like a beautiful connecting to my cycle as a woman instead of trying to kind of covered up when it was like so hush hush about tampons that you barely get education around. And then I realized that I was polluting the planet with these products. And then to come back and to kind of have to explore and figure out these other options for me that were in alignment with my values and with the earth was really beautiful journey. And to just kind of start to celebrate my cycle and, and just get really familiar with it. Yeah, I've I've never felt more connected to my body and more connected to my myself as a woman and it really was expansive for me to to have that sort of increased awareness around my moon cycle and and starting to feel the changes and celebrate the changes instead of like hiding them. So yeah, it was really special. Yeah, absolutely. I went through a very similar rite of passage and ceremony myself many years ago where I ditched those products and used the moon pads and the moon cup and the underwear and have never looked back. It is one of the best things that I have done. And, you know, if I am going to get them, I get organic and toxic-free ones. There has been times where I've been traveling and you can't wash your moon pads because I didn't have a washing machine. So things like that, I needed disposable ones that were going to be good for me and the environment. And the average woman uses 12,000 disposable pads, liners, and tampons in their lifetime. 12,000. And they're all in landfill or they're flushed. And 50% of women flush their pads and tampons, 50% of them down the toilet. So they're just in our waterways and it's just crazy. And it's such a simple thing to do. It's such a simple switch. It's such a simple, healthy switch that is going to be better for you, better for the environment. And guess what? It's better for your wallet. It's cheaper, guys. It is cheaper to not buy disposable tampons and pads. Like you have this moon cup, it lasts you forever, unless it breaks. I did have one that broke. The stick thing. It ripped off and it got stuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> How did you get it out? You just you just got it. Okay. <laughs> I had to bear down. I had to bear <laughs> down, Kate. And I was on the loo and I went, oh no. 
And I had my 14-year-old stepson with me. We were traveling through Greece and I had no other options. I only brought my moon cup. I didn't bring my moon pads with me and I had no tampons. That was my only thing I had because I knew we weren't going to be near washing machines. So I didn't bring my pads. And so I was on the loo and pulled it out and it broke. And then I went, oh no. And then my stepson was like, are you okay? And I was like, can you go get daddy? (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, yeah. And then Nick came up and I said, babes, we've got an issue. And he was like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. So I just had to literally use all of my pelvic floor strength and bear down. And it did. Yeah, good. It was fine. But... It's a journey. <laughs> but usually that does not happen. I mean, I have so many girlfriends who use these. This one was very well used and I think it was time for a new one. But, you know, be mindful of this, ladies, because switching to these products makes such a difference to your health, to your hormonal health, to the environment, and it's so much cheaper. And you, like you said, be mindful of switching to these products too. Like we have to adjust our expectations. Like things are not going to behave like a tampon. You're going to have weird toilet situations with your moon cup. Like where do I wash my hands? Where do I dump this? Like it's a different experience. Same with the metal razors. Same with, you know, the reusable underwear. It's all different. So we have to adjust our expectations. It's not going to behave like plastic. So we you know, coming into that with an open mind and like humor is so important that we can laugh about it and share these stories because we all have them. Like (laughs) it's weird times experimenting with these totally different systems. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the razor. I have a plastic free razor that I got maybe a year and a half, two years ago now and never looked back, never looked back. It's, it's awesome. It is incredibly sharp and you need to be very, very mindful of this. Slow. (laughs) Yeah, very slow and no like rushing, shaving your legs because yeah, I have cut myself, but it's a mindfulness practice. You know, things like that, things like your toothbrush. There are so many things. You can literally go through your whole life and do an audit of everything that you buy, that you use that you cook with, that you clean with, and just start to make these little shifts. It'll make such a big difference to your wallet, to your health, and to the planet. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's, it's they're easy, you know, it's all natural. There's so many wooden brushes and bamboo toothbrushes. There's only like, I have particular products that I've searched for that are totally biodegradable. And we do have to be aware of greenwashing because everybody's excited about creating products for the planet, but not everybody's doing the full research to make sure that it's really good for the planet. So if anybody's curious for product endorsements, like I have a heap of them, I've done lots of research, but there's, there is lots of greenwashing. So always make sure we drive transparency up the supply chain and ask questions. Where was it made? Where was it shipped from? Who made it? What are the conditions? What's it actually made of? You know, what's the waste created? All of that is really important. Definitely. Talk to us about skincare and makeup because I know a lot of women, men as well, get stuck on this one. Okay, so how do I go plastic-free with my makeup and how do I go plastic-free with skincare and things like that? Mm. Yeah, when I first quit plastics, this was so hard for me because there weren't any products available. So I really had to just get really healthy so I didn't feel like I needed any products. So I just drank lots of water, got lots of sleep, sweat every day, ate super healthy. And then I was just really glowy. And I was like, I don't need as much makeup. But I know that people want want solutions for that. So for skincare, I do the oil cleansing method. So I use oils. You can use what you have in your kitchen. So experiment with different oils, olive oil, coconut oil, and you just get your skin, you know, use a nice bamboo warm washcloth and you apply the oil in circular motions and then the washcloth with warm water and that cleanses your skin. That also moisturizes your skin. So I use oils to moisturize as well, my body and my face. Oil like traps water so it's not moisturizing on its own. So you actually need water there. So applied in the shower or when you're washing your face. 
So that's how I take care of my skin. I also love aloe vera. So I have aloe vera plants all over the house and in the garden. It's amazing for skin. We all know it for treating burns, but it also is just like really hydrating and, and good for our skin and hair. So I use that a lot. I talk about exfoliants, so you can use sugar or salt. Coffee grounds can be a little bit rough, but if your skin can take it, go for it. You can use sand. Ooh, sand. Yeah, probably on the body. It might be a little sharp for the face, but I love doing exfoliation in the water, the beach. So just really basic stuff that we already own. Like often when I'm cooking, like things in the kitchen, my my beauty products, my skincare, my bath products, they're, they're more in the kitchen than in the bathroom. So it's like avocado, you know, oats, honey, just everything that's in the kitchen that I'm using. I'm like, Ooh, that would be good on my skin. Papaya. So just being more experimental and trying things that are healthy for our insides are probably good for our outside as well. So incorporating a lot of food into our skincare routine is really lovely. Mm. And then what about makeup? Okay, so makeup's a little bit trickier. There are a lot of zero-waste makeup makers, and I love supporting individuals, like humans that are at home, you know, doing alchemy with different oils and charcoal and and different natural colors. So I support a lot of those makers. If you, you know, I always try to advocate for supporting local. So look for people in your area to support that are manufacturing makeup. So I also make my own. So you just, bronzer is super easy. I just use, and all of these recipes are on my YouTube and Instagram and blog. Bronzer is just spices. So cacao as a base, and then like a sweet paprika for warmer tones, turmeric, cinnamon can be too large of a granule. So it depends on the the size of the grain, but mix that up. That's a powder. Just add more like arrowroot or something white to make it lighter. Mascara and eyeliner can be a little bit trickier. So if you want it to stay, again, adjusting our expectations for function, it's not full of all these like preservatives and crap that's leached from the plastic packaging into the the actual product, the makeup. So it's not going to behave like plastic packaged makeup. So I use charcoal, coconut oil, and aloe vera for mascara and eyeliner. It's beautiful. Wow. So do you mix this up and then have you got like a brush that you use or do you just literally rub those three? So aloe vera, charcoal and coconut oil. How do you do it? You just mix it in a little bowl or something? Yeah. When we, I I do it in a little bowl. It doesn't last. Like you could make a larger batch, but I prefer to just whip it up if I'm going to do like a weekend out, but it depends on your climate. So like where we are, it's starting to get hot. So coconut oil is super melty. So if you use too much, Yeah, it'll just start streaming down your face. Yeah, it's not a good look, not what we're going for usually. And so you just use less coconut oil and more aloe. Aloe is actually really nice because it just kind of like dries on the eyelash or the eyelid. But I I mean, we have so many things that we can repurpose. Like a lot of these little makeup containers aren't going to be recycled because there's just too many different kinds of plastics stuck together with metal and adhesives and glues and labels and all this stuff. And they're just tiny. So it's just cost inefficient to recycle these tiny little bits. So it's easy to just like soak and clean these containers. I have repurposed a lot of little brushes. I've repurposed paint brushes for this purpose. Like when I teach workshops and stuff on this, you can just use anything. You have anything that's like a small, like a chopstick helps apply the eyeliner or sorry not a chopstick a skewer like a barbecue skewer but just like filed on the end so just get resourceful with what you have instead of relying on like the standard plastic option that's just mass marketed at us on the shelves we can use anything we just get creative totally even like beetroot on your lips and beetroot on your cheeks I have lots of friends that do that there are A few skincare companies and organic shampoo and conditioner companies that will do refills, that will do refills. So you can either go to a store where they can refill it or you can post it back. But again, I mean, ideally, we don't want to be posting things, but fine. That's why shopping local is really important. So there is an organic hair care 20 minutes from my place where I can go and refill my shampoo and conditioner and my skincare. So, I mean, and you can also do that as well at the bulk food shops. There's so many places you can do that with cleaning products and washing liquids and powders and things like that. Or you can make your own. Again, these these options are 
a lot cheaper, guys. So much cheaper. We have saved so much money from taking back health into our own hands, creating our own products and shopping this way. We've saved so much money. I'd like to actually work out how much we've saved over the years, but it's just so much. And you really do need to get creative and resourceful with what you've got. And it's kind of sovereignty. It's like, it's reconnecting to our sense of self instead of just buying whatever's on the shelves and whatever has like the marketing word that kind of matches our identity, like vegan or gluten-free and just buying it like a mindless, you know, it's like being sovereign and saying, I don't need all that stuff. I actually want to feel into like intuitively what, what I'm called to, what I'm drawn to, what's important to me or what matches for me. A hundred percent. One of my girlfriends really inspired me with this. And it's something that since she taught me about it, I have been doing. So whenever she purchases something online and she is very intentional about shopping sustainable, ethically, things like that. But if, for instance, she has to buy something, a new MacBook or something to do with work or, and like you said, it needs plastic, she will email them once she's made the order and say, can you please not wrap this in plastic or use any sorts of plastic or can you cover it with old newspaper or something like that. And she really inspired me. She really, really inspired me with that. So now that's something I do whenever I do shop online. Another thing that I do is whenever I'm out and about, say, for instance, I need to run into the store and grab something, I will never, and I have usually take my own bags, but if I've forgotten, I will not get a plastic bag. And even if that means walking out with my shirt full of (laughs) avocados and my pockets, like if I've got avocados and bananas in my pockets and like a pineapple down my top or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like I am so committed to not using plastic. That's epic. And all that fruit came there in boxes. So if you can go around the store and like find any boxes that are close to empty and just use that box to take it home, that works too. Exactly. And a lot of the health food shops have boxes and they'll say, here, would you like a box? And they're great like that. But there's just so many little things. And I honestly, I find it fun. I really do find it fun. Like I don't find it like a burden. I find it fun. And I'm like, oh, what can I do? Like, oh, how can I make a little difference? And I walk away feeling really good about myself. Like feeling like, yes, Melissa, high five. You just stopped one extra plastic bag. And I know a lot of people can think, oh, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? Just me, one person not buying a plastic toothbrush, but you make a difference. Like your decisions make a difference. And not only that, your children are watching and you are educating them. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to to believe in the power of the individual because we all have such incredible ripple effects. Like we really impact everyone around us, our community around us. Like we're all part of these interconnected ecosystems and just like what we eat affects our body and the microorganisms and our microbiome and what we drink and what where we are, like all of that is impacting our little ecosystem of our body. We have the same sort of impact on the world around us and what we grow in our garden, what we put in our compost and what we put on our recycling bin. And yeah, you're right, extending onto the community and the people that are in our ecosystem and who who we're shopping from and where our money is going, what economy we're we're supporting, like what green economy, what local economy we're supporting with our dollars. You know, they say vote with your dollar and it's so true. We don't like that is our greatest power and how we, where we put our dollars. And so the more products that we can buy that are locally made or that are eco, we're showing that there's a market for for this. And we're really building the world that we dream of through these everyday choices and purchases and, and behavior that we're normalizing. Like carrying all your avocados in your shirt is epic because you're you're like you're helping to normalize these behaviors that it's it's better to go without plastics than to use plastics. And we'll do anything we can to bring our own container for our food or you know, bring our own or refuse a straw. And like, none of that is like bratty or privileged or entitled. It's just doing our best and having fun as we do it. Mm, That's what it's all about. Definitely. I have to interrupt this conversation to tell you about one of today's podcast sponsors. 
Blue Blocks, the only blue light glasses backed by science. Now, if you follow me on social media, you will know that I love my blue blocking glasses and I wear them every day because they help alleviate digital eye strain, keep your hormones balanced and help you get a deeper, more restorative sleep. They are made in Australia, which means they are very high quality and all their glasses come in readers, prescription and non-prescription. And you can even send in your own frames and have them add their lens technology to your frames. And for every pair purchased, they donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who then gift them to someone in need in the developing countries. How awesome is that? So to get 15% off, head to blueblocks.com, that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, and enter the code MELISSA at the checkout. Now let's get back to this conversation. What is your definition of success and what do you attribute your success to? Mm, Ooh, good question. I think success is being happy, feeling good in one's soul, like not like kind of that like deep feeling of fulfillment. So it's not tangible as such, but more just like when you close your eyes and you feel into your your heart and your belly and, and your being. And if you, you know, you're not shaky or anxious or agitated, but you just feel good and you feel whole and you feel safe and you feel love, I think that is success. I think that is the most beautiful thing that we all really aspire to. And we can do that in different steps throughout our day. So I think I I feel successful. Absolutely. I think quitting plastics was such an unexpected, massive pivot in my life. And it was, it made me eat healthier, right? Because it's like no packaged food. So I'm just eating fresh produce, fresh skincare products, fresh oil for my face and all these different things. So it connected me to nature. I've always been a yogi. I'm really dedicated to my yoga practice and my meditation. So I have, I had a spiritual practice and just being more connected to nature and, and to fresh foods and things has really helped me stay centered. So I know we all kind of get thrown off path or out of alignment at times. And to know the things that to bring me back to my center, to bring me back to that feeling of fulfillment, that feeling of good, to know that I'm on track, on path are so important to me. So whether that's like getting in the water or eating healthy or drinking heaps of water all day to just cleanse or sweating, going and exercising or spending time with friends or laughter, whatever it is, these different things that like bring me back to my center. And the more I do those, the more I do those every day, coming back, being aligned and like taking care of myself in that sense, the more successful I feel, the more my work flows, everything else just is easy because I'm not trying to force anything. I'm not trying to, you know, Oh, this is, you know, I'm not bringing agitated energy. I'm, I'm flowing because I'm good from, from my being, from my core. And then everything else just kind of falls into place. Mm, absolutely. What were you doing before you were the plastic free mermaid 10 years ago? <laughs> I was in school. I was studying philosophy and I was trying to figure out what the world meant, what, what I was doing on the planet, what I was meant to do, what we all were doing here and why. I studied environmental ethics in particular. I I was curious about how, like, in a culture, especially in the States, that feels often so devoid of culture, devoid of tradition and rituals and spirituality, where, what are the ethical boundaries in a place like that? And and how do we create them? I'm really interested in human behavior and, and influencing social change and behavior change. So I was studying a lot of that and... Yeah, preparing myself for a career in I didn't know what. (laughs) Look where it's led you. What is bringing you the most joy in your life right now? Ooh, uh, probably planning my mermaid retreats for next year. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I want to come on a mermaid retreat. Yes, come swim with whales with me and Tonga. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That has been a dream of mine to swim with whales. Oh my gosh. Tell me about these mermaid retreats. Yes. So hopefully we get to travel next year, but I I like to take 
mostly women on, uh, but men have come as well, on adventures, week-long ocean adventures. So we'll go sailing around islands in Fiji or swimming with whale sharks in Western Australia or swimming with dolphins in Hawaii. And it's a week of yoga and meditation and, and working through the chakras just to kind of empower us and, and create resilience in us as activists, but also as you know global earthlings, world citizens. And we have these amazing ocean experiences to connect back to that childlike wonder and awe and just being the presence of of the marine magic so they're so special and 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 really amazing people are attracted to these events i also teach environmental activism sustainable business building and how to be plastic free so the entire retreat is catered plastic free and we make our own bath products at the start and we just have a really fun salty adventure oh my goodness sign me up i'm coming so beautiful And we'll link to all of that in the show notes so people can check out your retreats and all of your amazing work. Awesome. Yay. And I wanted to say that I do the jar challenge as well. My jars are just on the other side of the house and and require stairs. So I wasn't going to go get them. But I've been keeping my trash in jars as well. It's such a great way to look through all of the trash you create. And even for me, who's like, you know, so extreme and these things that I haven't been able to avoid and try to avoid them for the next coming year. So it's really helpful to do that. But I'm impressed with the five person family, like kids. That's insane. Three girls and two years. You have to watch this video. If you Google zero waste Tasmanian family, I think that's that's what I Googled or something like that. And I'll link to it in the show notes as well. But honestly, it inspired me so much. And Nick and I were like, cool, what can we do next? And as soon as we would then run out of something, we're like, okay, cool. We're going to make our own washing powder. We're going to make our own dishwashing liquid. We're going to make our own, like constantly thinking of ways. And again, bringing that fun and playfulness and getting your kids involved. Kids love making their own products. If you grab your daughter and you're like, let's make our own face cream, like she would be over the moon, over the moon. Kids love using their hands and love getting involved. So don't think that it's going to burden them. They will love it. All of my friends who do this with their children, they love it. And kids are the best too. Like they're such sponges for information. So I've heard so much in my journey that it's the kids at the shopping centers, at the checkout that are like, mom, we can't get that. That's plastic. What about the dolphins? So if you need someone to keep you accountable, your kids are probably already on it. (laughs) Definitely. What's something that you're working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? That's hard. It's hard because I just broke my foot. So I'm like really rocked from my routine. I usually have like a really healthy routine of doing yoga in the morning or going for a surf and then getting into my work day, which is a lot of computer and phone work, and then trying to balance it with another surf or something environmental or active or social. And I'm really on pause with all of that with a broken foot. So it all feels kind of thrown out of alignment, which is why I like having that that recipe of knowing like how to bring myself back into my center is so essential to know for these unexpected injuries and accidents. I think something that I'm working on, I guess, is patience and and just going with the flow, accepting. I think that I've I've always been someone that loves to attach meaning to things. So like, oh, I broke my foot. Like, what is the message from the universe? And some people are just like, oh, it's just bad luck. So, you know, just accepting that this is what my current situation is. And instead of, you know, pushing it and, and further injuring my foot or not allowing the bone to heal, just accepting that, yeah, it's getting warmer and the ocean's becoming super dreamy, but this is my path to just, you know, like sit and get organized. And, and I think that that has just been the lesson for all of us for this entire year is just how can we just accept more and like, okay, I have to let go again and I have to just breathe more and I have to just take care of myself, you know, ramp up the self-love r- routines and the self-care routines so that I'm just like feeling so good because my situation is not ideal. So just another lesson and just slowing down and being patient and accepting. And instead of trying to force, you know, being more like water and just going with the flow and enjoying all of the the beauty. So just practicing gratitude in every moment. Beautiful. Let's pretend you have a magic wand now and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. 
what is the one book you would no, choose? No, not one. <laughs> That's so hard. I know. Wow. One book. I mean, I can't be so brash as to, to say my own. <laughs> yes. Well, definitely. That um, should be in the curriculum. Yes. A thousand percent. Yeah. To teach people how to quit plastic. Yes. I don't know. My first thought was The Four Agreements. I love that book. It's so, it's such a quick read and it's just such a beautiful basis for human connection. Like I always come back to it, even when we were talking about at the beginning, how when you're quitting plastics just to do your best and how your best changes, you know, day to day based on your energy and your mood and your options. I think that that's just a, it's so simple. And if, if kids were exposed to ways to, you know, I guess it's kind of like a little ethical system. So, you know, you, you are impeccable with your word. You don't speak if you're going to gossip or say something poor about someone else, or, you know, you just really value that opportunity to speak and communicate or manifest. You don't make assumptions because you don't know what's happening for other people. You're just guessing. And that's probably going to end up, you're probably going to guess wrong. So, and then don't take anything personally. Again, the person, other person is probably not, they don't care about you at all. You're just, you know, just making it about you. And then the last is to always do your best. So yeah, I just think those are beautiful things for people to kind of connect to at any age of life. Uh, but especially when people are young and maybe searching for, for more. A thousand percent. It's such a great book. I highly recommend everyone reading it. I'll link to it in the show notes as well as your incredible book. So thank you for sharing that. I absolutely love hearing about how people set themselves up for a successful day. Now, I want to hear about your morning routine and your rituals and your little things you do and how your day unfolds. This is pre-breaking your foot, <laughs> pre-breaking <Great>. your foot. <laughs> so tell us all about, you know, tell us what you do when you wake up, your routines, your rituals. Do you do yoga? Do you meditate? What do you eat? When do you work? Can you talk us through like a quote unquote typical day in your life? Yes, absolutely. So I like to wake up early and my partner also gets up early. So we like to get up and meditate. He meditates. I do more of like a exercise. I like to get my metabolism going early. So I'll do an hour of yoga. I'm also, I also love Pilates and bar. So sometimes, sometimes depending on how much energy I have, I like to sweat and then come into a peaceful place, meditation, and just kind of set my intentions for the day, create some gratitude around specific things. And then we have breakfast. I'm not a huge breakfast person. I had breakfast today, but I usually don't, but we'll have water, hot lemon water. If it's, winter and then he'll go to work and I kind of have the house domain. So I'll set my, just like refresh my goals or like my tasks for the day and drink lots of water, lots of water, lots of water. And eventually probably mid morning is when I'll have a smoothie or like a smoothie bowl with homemade granola. If it's winter, I'll have oatmeal. And then I usually have calls or interviews or meetings. If I'm in town, I like to have meetings with friends, maybe go on a walk or meet for meet at the beach to go for a swim. And then my squats alarm goes off at 1030. So every day at 1030 and 230, my squats alarm goes off. So I'm not like on the computer all morning and then just oh, the alarm goes off and I do some squats. And now with my broken foot, I'll do like sit-ups or push-ups or something just to get the metabolism going and the heart rate and fresh oxygen up to the brain. And how many squats do you do? Ooh, I usually do. I mean, it depends. Sometimes they'll go off in meetings. And I'm like, I'll just do 10, but I still <laughs> try and do it. <laughs> but yeah, lots of, I like to do like 50 or something and really, really make it burn. Yeah. And then lunchtime and I'll try to make a big yummy salad. So I've been growing lots of greens. That's one beautiful benefit of being stuck in one place the entire year or majority during the season is having been able to nurture my little plant babies in my garden. So I'll go out and gather some kale and different lettuces and spinach and make a salad. And then back to 
making content usually. I love sharing the recipes. So I've got heaps of jars nearby because I'm going to be filming recipes this afternoon. So I'm working on a recipe for toothpaste tablets. So I'll be experimenting with that later this afternoon. So I like to have a good mix of emails and phone calls and meetings and making in my work day. And then the evening usually would go for a surf. We have a little boat so I might take the boat out and go for a dive but have some connection time with friends or with my partner and then make a yummy veggie dinner have some music time play music or um, do something creative and then read a book <laughs> go to bed beautiful sounds dreamy it's so ideal and ah oh, delicious just sounds absolutely amazing and very inspiring. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, pleasure. Wish I could do it now. (laughs) It's only slightly different. (laughs) Yes, slightly different. But you're right. It's teaching us to slow down. This whole year has been about slowing down, not getting on flights and flying all over the world and doing all the things and just really coming back to ourselves and what's important within our four walls of our home. Yeah, which is such a great opportunity too. Like there's so much we can do out and about, like bring our own coffee cup and bring our own silverware and bring our own bags. But you're right, like we can't do that as much, especially around the other parts of the world. We're lucky here in Australia, but we have the opportunity to make things at home and to kind of do those things that we probably wouldn't usually do. Like maybe you're too busy in your usual life or your pre-COVID life to think you'd ever make plant milk or make your own products, but now you're stuck at home. So you may as well try. And all the recipes I share are so easy. Like I know people are busy, so keep it really simple. Mm, That's, that's awesome. And I can't wait to try the toothpaste tablets. Like that sounds awesome. We make our own toothpaste and we make a lot of our own products and yeah, I've never tried toothpaste tablets, so I'm going to do it. I'll let you know when I've perfected the recipe. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. What is one thing that we can do today for our health to improve our health? Eat fresh. Eat fresh fruits and vegetables. Go to the farmer's market. Buy local organic foods. (laughs) Done. Tick. What is one of the most important things we can do for our wealth? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Mm, Be generous. When you give, it comes back. So not being so scarcity-minded and attached to your wealth or the money that you have, but give and invest in others. Being generous, I think we attract it back. 100%. Exponentially. (laughs) Yes, totally agree. And what is one of the most important things that we can do for more love in our life? Again, be generous. (laughs) The more we love, the more we receive back. I think that love is is expansive. And the more that we share, the more love we cultivate on ourselves and that we share with others, the more they feel loving and return it. Yeah, absolutely. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to chat about? Hmm. Gosh, we've we've covered it all. I loved that you talked about how to order online because I think that's something that people are doing a lot of these days is shopping online. And you're right. The more we say, please, no plastic packaging. I won't buy from you if you won't put it in cardboard or paper. That's so important. I also loved that we talked about compost. Like once you start eating less packaged food, you're eating way more fresh fruits and vegetables. So you have way more fruit and vegetable butts and skins and leftovers, which a lot of a lot of those you can actually plant. So like carrot butts you can sprout, celery butts you can sprout, capsicum seeds you can just plant as is. Just you know, so all of these things we can we can plant and grow food from easily, even if you're in an apartment. But dealing with your compost scraps instead of throwing those in the trash, which are gonna, you know, break down in the landfill and create methane, which is way more dangerous than uh, carbon dioxide. But if we have a compost setup, we're creating another resource because we're going to be able to use that in our garden or share it with our community gardens. So I love that we talked about that. It was a surprise to talk about the Great Pacific Trash Dryer. That's really awesome that you you researched that. And I think everyone should should 
listen to, like, remember in, through our conversations what it, it was that kind of interested you and what it was that was like, oh, I didn't know that. Or, or look for those kind of like aha moments or that little bit of interest that was like, wow, that amazes me. And, and go there, follow that, because this is a big journey. Like once we have the plastic awakening or the climate awakening or the vegan awakening, whatever it is, whatever like your awareness opens to, it can be hard to sustain a change unless you cultivate your why or the reason you're interested or the reason you care. Like for me, it was the ocean. Like I love swimming with whales and dolphins and we're so lucky in Australia to have an abundance of marine life here. But to know that my use of plastics was directly hurting them and threatening these creatures, that was such a why. Now it's changed. Now it's more like we were talking about that plastic leaches toxins that disrupt our reproductive systems that leads to obesity and, and developmental disorders and heart disease and cancer and infertility, you know, and that it sheds every little bit of plastic that we use sheds these little microplastics that hover in the air because plastic is buoyant and, and settle as dust in our homes. So the, the less plastic that we have around us, the healthier we are in so many levels. So that's my, my why now. But once you connect to your why for any of these sort of like ethical lifestyle changes that you make, then it becomes sustainable. Otherwise, it's just kind of for show or it's like a trend or a fad or something that you tried once, but then like couldn't really sustain it. So I think connecting to your why is really important. Oh, yes. A hundred percent agree. It's so important. That's what then drives you to keep going and staying inspired and staying motivated and on your path if you have a strong enough why. And maybe your why is the environment or the animals or whatever it is, or maybe it's your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. Like find what it is that's going to motivate you to keep going on this path and write it down on a post-it note and stick it on your wall or your computer or your bathroom mirror somewhere where you can read it and be reminded of it every single day. Because in those moments where you're like, oh, I can't be bothered. Once you then see that, you're then reminded and re-inspired to know I'm going to stay on my path. Yeah, absolutely. Find your why in all things. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Kate, this has been so amazing. I have loved our conversation. I have loved everything. I feel so inspired and really excited to continue to just do my best. You are helping so many people and the earth and the animals, and you are such a light and a trailblazer, and you give so much. And I want to know how I and the listeners can give back to you. How can we serve you today? Oh, thank you, Melissa. It's been so much fun. I loved hearing your moon cup story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never shared that story on the podcast ever. I loved it so much. Let's see. How can, how can you support me? I, I mean, this has been so fun. Come on the mermaid retreats, like support me by coming on these adventures with me. I think actually, oh, okay. What I need help with is Australia has a chance to ban single-use plastics and Parliament has been like kind of playing with it, um, but they haven't totally done it yet. So they have this waste reduction and recycling bill that the federal government has created and they keep trying to bring it to the Senate, but it's not strong enough. So it doesn't have a ban on single-use plastics. It has like a voluntary target for reducing your plastic production. So it's just not the law that Australia needs. We have started to see individual states ban single-use plastics. So we saw WA and South Australia. So it's it's possible that the individual states will jump on board, but it would be amazing for Australia to follow. Canada just banned single-use plastics about a month ago and Europe banned them last year. Yeah, so it'd be amazing for Australia to do this. So call your MPs, call your senators. All you have to do is Google, find my senators and type in your, your zip code and it'll give you a list. Call them. I have a shit. I called mine and I filmed it and put it on my YouTube and my Instagram. So if you want to watch what to say, all you have to say is, I care about the planet. Please ban plastics. I know you're going to look at a waste bill probably early December. So please jump on board. Wow. Awesome. And we'll link to that video so people can go and watch that if they want to copy your script or whatever you said. But that's so awesome. That would be amazing if we could ban that in Australia. Oh my gosh, that would just be incredible. 
So thank you for saying that. And thank you for all of your incredible work that you do in the world. It is so awesome. I'm so grateful there's people out there like you that are doing this and blazing the trail. And thank you for just shining your light so bright. It's been an absolute pleasure and I cannot wait to come on one of your mermaid retreats. Uh, Me too, Melissa. It'll be so fun. Thank you for having me. What an incredible conversation. Such an important topic that we need to talk about. I got so much out of this episode. I feel so inspired to take my plastic-free journey to the next level. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week, which is pretty awesome. And speaking of review of the week, I want to read this week's review and the winner of the Blue Blocks glasses. And this is a five-star review titled Number One Podcast of 2020 from Sarah. And Sarah says, after finding out through Spotify that the Melissa Ambrosini show was the number one podcast of 2020, I felt it would be rude not to leave a review especially after also feeling so uplifted and reassured by her work too. Not only do these podcasts connect with me on so many levels, but they inspire and motivate me too. Even in a time where I really needed some additional guidance, Melissa has replied to my messages to her on Instagram with the wisdom I so very needed. Thank you for doing your soul's work because if you have chosen anything other than that, So many women like me wouldn't be getting the love, support, and encouragement from you that we deserve. Love, Sarah Maxwell. Sarah, thank you so much for that beautiful, kind review. I'm so grateful. As a little thank you, I want to gift you a pair of my blue block glasses, which you are going to love. All you have to do is send an email to hello at melissaambrosini.com with your address and we'll post those to you. And for anyone who leaves me a review, you go in the drawer each week to win one of my top five products, which is either the wild olive oil, some goodies from Organifi, a pair of blue blocks, or a hydrogen health water bottle. So head on over and leave me a review for your chance to win. And don't forget to come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. I absolutely love reading them all. And for everything that Kate and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 376. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them. Do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.